Well, good morning. Aloha. Welcome. My name is Stefan. So great to have you here this beautiful Maui day. Isn't it just awesome to live Maui? Let's praise God for that. Just the fact that we get to live in Maui. And then, uh, sorry for those of you who are visiting. Um, may your stay be memorable. And when you go back to wherever you go, and you can think about how warm it is here. And oh, never mind. Uh, well, we're excited because we're starting a brand new series. It's a mini series called Dangerous Prayers. And we're going to talk about what this dangerous prayer could be in our life. Now, I'm not talking about the dangerous kind of prayer where you're putting a hex on somebody, you're praying evil over. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a different kind of prayer. Uh, I like to pray with my daughters multiple times a day. We pray when we eat, we pray um, when we go to bed, and sometimes we just pray for the heck of it. But it's so cool to hear my daughters pray. Um, I remember when I was really... Uh, we, we had, I think a friend was, well, actually it was a family member who was, had a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. And I was on the bed with, I think it was Katyulani. Uh, and she just, we started praying for, I think it was my, 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 grandpa, my grandfather-in-law, um, or my dad, sorry, my dad-in-law, Larry. And we started praying, we're on the bed, and Amber and I were praying, and Katyulani was there. And she just starts Busting out praying in her own little like baby talk. She's like, and she's praying. It is so adorable. And I wish I could have recorded it, but it was precious because you could tell she was, pr- she was really praying. Um, but now when we pray, they're two, almost three and five years old. And so at night when we pray, I'm starting to have them now get into, jump into the prayers. So uh, I have them repeat after me and, and do different things, but then they start going on their own. They start praying. It's really cool, uh, but they just start praying for simple things like, Lord, I pray for Kai Kai, for Auntie Christina, for Mommy and Daddy, for Grosfati, Grosmuti. Uh, we, we pray for, you know, Michaela and all these different people that are in California that she knows, and, and they're, they're praying for random people, and then they pray, keep me safe, um, and things like that. Uh, help me to sleep well. Um, and then those type of things, really simple prayers. They're really beautiful. But when we become adults, there's, there's a transition that takes place. Although simple prayer can be powerful, there's a different kind of prayer that is safe. You know what I'm talking about. The kind of prayers where you say, oh God, uh, will you please bless me? Lord God, will you help me get a raise? God, will you, will you help our family get along Oh, God, will you help me to know you more? It's just like safe, general prayers that we pray a lot, and we never really go into a depth that I'd like to talk about for the next three weeks. I believe that for some of you, this is going to be an anchor moment in your life where you have a powerful message that will literally transform the way you think about prayer, the way you think about how to press in with prayer. And I think that there will be several of you that will be touched, where you can think back, this, this message touched my life, and it changed things for me and my relationship. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. But um, anyway, so before we do that, let's just bow our heads, and let's ask God for, his, uh, for him to speak through me, and for you to get something powerful out of it. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for everybody that's here. Lord, we just pray right now that by the power of your Spirit that you would just rest amongst us, Lord, that you would hang out here and you would open up our minds and hearts and help us 
to just grow, help challenge our minds and our hearts to go further, to go closer, to go deeper. And even when it's dangerous, Lord, in a good way, that you can help us grow closer to you. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to uh, Psalms because it's a really amazing prayer that King David was praying to God. And it was at a time where his enemies were surrounding David. They were coming down on him and they were basically accusing him. They were accusing him of being unfaithful. Unfaithful in his leadership, unfaithful to his God, unfaithful in every other way. And this is the prayer. Now, David didn't get defensive, but he prayed a dangerous prayer. And it's a prayer that I'm going to challenge you to pray as well. This is what King David said in Psalms 139, verse 23 through 24. By the way, as you're turning there, if you have a smartphone, you have the Bible on there. We have a free awakening app you can download for free and listen to messages. And so if you're sick or out of town, you could keep up to date. It's called the Awakening Church app on the iPhone store, app store, or also on the Droid. I think they have it there as well. Uh, Also, we have some custom awakening Bibles we'd love to give to you as a gift. And uh, feel free to take one. Um, We'd like to hook you up with that. But anyway, let's read uh, Psalms 139, verse 23 through 24. It says this. This is what David says. He says, search me, God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Now, we're going to, just so you really get the, the, the power of this verse, I really want you to say this prayer with me. Say it out loud and let's say it together. Um, and, and, and when you say it, I don't want you just to, pr- to pray this prayer as like, as though you're reading it, but as though you're praying it in your heart so it can sink in. Let's say it together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious, anxious thoughts. See is the, if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. This prayer is really powerful. It's a scary prayer to pray and when you're really meaning it. Because it, you're asking God to look inside to check things out. And what we're going to do is we're going to break this verse down into four parts. There's four parts to this verse. The first part is, search my heart. That's what the, the, the verse starts out with, with David saying, search me. Know my heart. Look inside. Father, I'm open up and to look into my mind. Look into my soul. Hey, look, they're accusing me of being faithful. God, am I, am, am I in being unfaithful? Is there something there that I need to understand or know? Look inside. But, you know, a lot of people will say these days, well, hey, Pastor Stephen, I have a good heart. I have a good heart. Well, my spouse, they have a good heart. My buddies, they have great hearts. We all have great hearts, right? But the reality is that God needs to search your heart because it's not necessarily good. That's why God needs to search our heart. The, the, God's, God's word is very clear about how deceitful we are, how we are liars. Now, how many, I'm, I'm going to ask you, how many of you are just, okay, I'm going to be right up front with you. I'm going to say, I, I lie every once in a while, and I just hate it, but I do it. Anybody in here? Okay, great. Look around. Keep your hands up. Come on. All right, there's no perfect people out here. All right, now look around. The people that aren't 
raising your hands. You're the bigger liars, okay? <laughs> now, turn to your neighbor and say, liar, liar, pants of fire. Just, just tell them that. You're liars. You're liars. Welcome to the Awakening Church, a church full of liars. Uh, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. And what? How wicked? Desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Our hearts are desperately wicked. And so that's why we have to ask God to search me because we're not necessarily the best ones to look at ourselves and say, hey, what's going on inside? The most common lie out there is the lie to ourselves. We are the best liars to ourselves. Let me give you an example. Oh, I didn't eat that much. You should come and hang out when I get my mom's cooking. I, I tell you what, <laughs> boy, I gained probably about 10 pounds while she's in town. <laughs> she's such a good cook. Well, I'm not that materialistic. I just like, I like nice things. I like the finer things in life. Or, you know what? I don't have an anger problem all the time. Uh, the other day, uh, oh, I'll tell you that story later. <laughs> okay, we won't go into that right now. Um, well, you know, Pastor Stephen, I'm not a gossiper. No, 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 no. I just, I'm concerned for people's spiritual you know, well-being, and I just want to make sure everybody can pray for them, you know, so they know what to pray for, so pastors, you know, I'm not gossiping, you know, I'm not that bad, I'm not that kind of person, or, you know, I'm not critical, and then the next minute, you idiot, you know, driving, road rage, uh, Amber said to me the other day in the car, she was like, would you stop being so critical? And guess what it was? It was the traffic. It always gets the worst out of me. I tell you what. Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, this is another example. Well, I'm not lusting after that young lady. I'm just appreciating her beauty, right? But the reality is there's something else going on. So we, we, we're deceitful to ourselves a lot. And that's why we have to ask God to reveal what's really going on. And, I, and I've, I've told my testimony too many times. I, I tell it all the time about how basically uh, I was with a group of Christians on a missions trip to China and YWAMers, and they basically sat me down and confronted me that I wasn't a believer. And because I had deceived myself, I had thought that I was all good with God. There's a whole long story to that, but I don't know if, where you are in your life, but if you really ask God the question to search me, what would he tell you? What would he reveal to you? And some of us are afraid to ask this prayer because we're afraid of what we might find. That's why it's dangerous. So search my heart. The second one is reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. How many of you guys have anxious thoughts? Keep you guys up at least once a week. Okay, once a month. I, I remember nights, some nights, some of, my, some, some of my lows where every night I'm up till three, just the mind's going, it wouldn't stop spinning because there's a fear. 
What makes you anxious? What are you afraid of? Now, we're not talking about spiders, right? Little centipedes. I think, I think you could be afraid of those, right? But, but I'm talking about other fears, deeper fears, like losing a job or not getting married or being stuck in a bad relationship or marriage. Maybe it's rejection, failure. Maybe you're fear, fear, afraid of success or letting your walls down and, 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 and being trusting with somebody or having intimacy with somebody. Maybe it's uh, some kind of unknown loss that you're afraid of experiencing. But we all have fears. And why do we know, why do we have to have God know our anxious thoughts? Well, here's what's important. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear the most shows where you trust God the least in your life. So if it's you're losing your marriage, maybe that you're not trusting God with your marriage. And maybe if it's with uh, letting your children go because you're just like, you want to hold on to them, you want to protect them, you want to give them the best. And maybe it's an issue of surrendering. You're afraid of surrendering to God because they belong to him. Uh, maybe it's uh, some kind of fear of um, not having enough. Not having enough. Well, God, you're not there for me. And maybe, maybe that fear is stooped in that you're not trusting God to be your provider, to take care of you, to, to be around you, to, uh, to provide for every one of those needs that he knows you have. Now, for me, I mean, there's a couple out there um, that really, what does fear do? When it freezes us up from reaching our potential. I'm going to share a couple of mine in just a second. Let me give you an example. When I surf big waves, how many of you like been in big waves before? Big waves. Okay. All right. Um, now, when you're out and surfing big waves, what happens is because of fear, you, you just, you avoid the wave. You avoid it. You avoid taking risk on getting on it because you feel like you're going to just get worked. And so you miss opportunity after opportunity and after opportunity because of fear. And what fear does is it limits you. Because you know what? And, and I love surfing Ho'okipa. And when it breaks, this wave is a thicker wave. So it looks meaner than its bite. So it looks like it's going to break on you. Well, that's when you need to be paddling into it. Because the waves are so big that if it's not looking like it's going to break on top of you, then you're not going to catch it. You're going to miss it, and then the next wave behind it's going to come and get you and munch you up because you're in the wrong zone. But fear can mess you up in a big way in big surf, and you have to get past it. Once you do, and when you say, you know what? I don't care if I wipe out. I don't care if I get held down and get thrashed. I'm going. And you get on this way, and you drop in, and you just experience this joy and this, this exhilaration that's just amazing and it's powerful. And, but you have been missing out on this over and over again because fear paralyzed you. And you know what? That's what it does to me in my life. I fear failing. I fear appearing to be inadequate. Right? I fear these type of things. I fear letting people down. I fear losing the people I love. And, you know, this is, this is a fear Especially fear of loss. 
I, I fear losing people that I love, that I care about. Um, and, and the reality is, is that there's a solution to fear. There's a solution. And you need to love pleasing God more than you fear failing. You need to love God more than your fear. And that's what the Bible says. There's no fear in love. Perfect love dries out all fear. And, and God has said to us in his word that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of, of boldness. Yeah? And, and, and the Bible is like, look, fear is the enemy. It's one of the, one of the greatest tools. Shame, fear, these are just tools the enemy used to hold you down, to hold you back from going further, from experiencing the rush, the adrenaline rush of following God, riding the big wave of his spirit. So you have to ask God, search my heart, reveal my fears, and thirdly, uncover my sins. Oh, no, this is the toughest one of all, right? Because there's sins we know of, and then there's sins we have no idea because we're just kind of blind to them and or we just deceive ourselves. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. David prayed. He said this in Psalm 139, verse 24. He says, see if there is any offensive way in me. And it's hard to see. It's hard to see because the heart is desperately wicked. Uh, and now I'll give you one of those examples I was thinking of earlier. So I think... One of those sins that we overlook a lot in ourselves is impatience. We're impatient with people. We're impatient with a uh, situation in life. We're impatient with our progress of where we ought to have been by now. We're, pa- we're not patient enough with the process that God has us in. And I am, I am a desperately impatient man. I have a motto of, you know, y- you, you do everything in life with purpose. So when you walk, you walk with purpose. When you preach, you preach with purpose, right? And, and I'm intentional and I get it done. But the thing is, is that behind that deceitfulness of like, oh, well, I'm just being, I'm taking life by the horns here. But behind that is maybe impatience. And what that can really do is mess us up is it can set us back because we're jumping the gun on, on, on a phase of life that God wants us to walk in that he wants us to really be developed and we, we, we uh, shortcut the process and then we end up in a really bad place. We get impatient. Um, here's an example of how patience comes out. Uh, there's this intersection, if James knows it well, because we have staff meetings, and there's an intersection there and I don't know why the mayor of Maui has not put a stoplight up at this intersection because you'll sit there, whether it's 8 in the morning or around 5 p.m. in the evening, you'll sit there for 15 minutes at an intersection, and you have people that have no clue whose turns to go. So they, they go, and no, no, whose turn is it? They don't know. There's no officer there directing traffic, and so you sit there, and you see down the hill, you see around the bend, you see cars. And, you know, I have a truck. So the other day, I'm running a little late. I want to pick up my wife. So what do I do? I just right around the, cur- on the, on the media in the grass, just, hey, everybody, <laughs> driving past everybody. Hey, but that's that impatient, you know, bad things could have happened, right? I could have got a ticket, or I could have got a flat tire, or I could have caused an accident. But I got to admit, there's some of those things that are known and unknown that are in our hearts 
that, that can trip us up. So uncover my sins. See if there's any offensive way in me. There's three questions uh, to self-awareness that you can ask yourself. Three questions. Um, one of them is, what are others trying to tell me? So one of the people that mentored me is Wayne Cadero, and he, he told me, Stephen, if somebody tells you something once or maybe twice and it's off base and it just seems like it's not, it's not on point, then don't worry about it. But when three or four people are starting to tell you the same thing, then you need to, you need to pay attention. And one of those things, for example, is I love to curse. It's just so fun to do. I, I, hey, look, it's the sinful nature in me. I love the good curse word when it, you know, uh, whenever it's appropriate, I, I like doing that. And uh, so when you, you meet me in my everyday life, and hopefully I don't do it from the pulpit, but uh, it, it, you, you might hear that. But the thing is, I had a couple of people come up to me and say, you know, Stephen, you, know, you curse a lot. And I'm like, I know, it's so fun. Um, it, it, but, you know, a couple of them came to me, and then I had to start paying attention to that and start curbing it down. And one way of thinking of it is like, hey, if, if my daughter was in here, right? Because you know, every once in a while, I like to give a zinger in a message, right? And like, whoa, that was like a little left field. But like, I got to think about it. Like, if my daughter was in here, you know, would I say that same thing? So, I, you know what I'm saying? So, th- there's examples, like, if you have a couple people that are coming into your life and they're trying to speak into your life, uh, more than a couple, two, three, I mean, it might be once is maybe a fluke, but um, maybe you got to pay attention to that. So, that's the first question. The second one is, what have I rationalized for some time? You rationalize it away. So, there may be something that you know you have something to deal with, but then you're like, oh, but I... You know, uh, you know, I'll eventually take care of this or, you know, it's really not that bad or, you know, you think thoughts like this and there's a sin, there's a hidden sin in there and God has already put his finger on it and you're even thinking about it right now, which one that is, but you're rationalizing away and maybe that's something to pay attention to as well. Uh, the third one is where am I most defensive? So when somebody comes up to you and starts, you know, trying to say, hey, you know, in a loving way, hey, you need to get better. And you start to get really defensive about it, that might be a warning sign as well. That that's something that God's trying to show you. So, uh, what are the others trying to tell you? What do I rationalize? And where am I defensive? Um, so, I do that. I take times where I get away and I get to reflect on where I'm at. And I I even welcome when you know when somebody has some area for me to grow in. I'm I'm a lifelong learner. So. I want to do better. I want to grow my relationship, and I want, to, I want to please God. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And so if I'm falling short in an area, I, I have put place people in my life that are allowed to speak into my life, and I really listen. Um, and it's important to have that as well. If, if you have a couple people, do you have a couple people that you could walk through these questions with, that you could really think about, hey, is there any offensive way in me? Is there any hidden sin that I have not looked at yet? And the, the final part, so let's review real quick. Search my heart, God. Reveal my fears. Uncover my sins. And then finally, lead me. Lead me. Now, a lot of us are in a place in our life that we're not where we want to be. 
and we're frustrated. We, we thought we'd be further along by now in our marriage, in our walk with God, in our uh, accomplishments, in our, our craft, in the line of work. And we're feeling like we're not that far as we could have been. The best version of us would have been a lot further along. And it may be this morning that you haven't allowed God to lead you. You haven't done the upfront work of, of, of saying, God, search me. Review. You know, help me deal with my fears because it's paralyzed me and I haven't been able to move forward. Show me my hidden sin. You haven't done that work, so you're unable to be led by God. You're unable to be led by God. When you're led by God, you will accomplish far more and far less time because you're not taking detours. You're, you're, You're being led by His Spirit. He's up to something. something. You, you have divine encounters. You meet the right people in, in your life, and then things just happen. And it's exciting. So are you allowing God to lead you? There needs to be that. Uh, the, you know what I picture this verse, is this prayer as? I picture this verse as us getting on. You remember the altar uh, that... Um, I think it was Abraham took his son Isaac on and he laid his son down on this altar where he was going to sacrifice his son because God told him to. And then God provides a lamb instead. And it was a symbol of Jesus laying his son down for us on an altar. And I, I picture this verse being like an altar where we literally climb up on top and we lay ourselves down and we say, okay, great surgeon, Open me up. Look inside me. Do your work. I surrender you. I belong to you. I'm not my own. And whatever you got to take out of there, whatever cancer or fear or whatever sin it is, it needs to be out. So I lay myself down on your altar for the great surgeon to do his work. And then he does it. But it's scary. It's, it's, it's a dangerous prayer because you pray this prayer, and guess what? God's going to do work on you. Operations don't feel nice. If you've ever been through one, you know what I'm talking about. But out of that becomes a more successful version of you, a more accomplished, more purpose-filled, more alive, more healthy And when you avoid this prayer, you put off, you stunt your growth. You put off the important work that God needs to do in you. And here's the thing. Sometimes we'll put it off and we'll put it off and God will be patient and God will be patient. And they'll be like, all right, I need you to climb up on the operating table. No, not ready? Not ready? Okay, well, now we're going to go. I'm going to do it my way. And you don't want to do it that way because it's much easier if you just relax and get on the table and let him work on you. Uh, I took my daughter to the the doctor to get her uh, exam to go to school, and they had the TB test. You know, they have the needle. And so my daughter, Alele, well, here's how I did it. I had my one daughter sit behind me and play with an iPad so she's not watching my youngest one, okay? Because if she watched ahead... Because she wanted to see it. I was like, oh, I'll give the iPad. She was distracted. And so my little Lela, she got the shot, and she looked down at it, watched the whole thing, and she was like, hmm. But she didn't even cry. I was like, wow, great. This is going to be great. So Kailani has no idea what's coming. 
But as soon as, you know, and so you have to hold her like between your legs and your arms while they do that thing. And as soon as she saw the Lido, she was like, she, it was all over the place squirming. And I had to hold her steady. And she got her little TB test. And, and then Alela, we, uh, we went and took her in the other room and she had to draw blood. And same thing. She didn't even cry. She was like, just a champ. I was like, yeah, Alela. But luckily, we didn't have to do that with Kayulani because I was like, no, no drawing blood with this one. Um, but, but what I'm trying to say is that one way or another, we're going to get the operation. Are you going to just relax and allow God to do the process? Or are you going to have to get hit a wall somewhere really hard? I've done the hitting the wall part. But it's not to destroy. See, this process, you gotta, some of you are like, oh, don't talk about this. This is too heavy. This is dangerous prayer. Here's what I want to tell you about. You do not need to be afraid of this process because God doesn't do it just to make you feel pain and to put you down and, you know, like watch me, like just screw with their life. No, God's doing it as like, I'm getting ready to give you a promotion. I'm getting ready to give you uh, more life and you're not ready for it unless you go through this. So I'm giving you a gift. I'm getting rid of the cancer before it spreads. I'm giving you, so you got to look at this as something essential. Going to God and saying this danger prayer of search me, God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So I want to ask you this morning to be courageous to pray this prayer. We're going to do that together. Uh, I have always said to God, um, like this, um, God, if I'm heading in the wrong direction, please keep me on a short leash. Have you ever, have you ever walked a dog with the, the long leashes that just, they can go forever, and then you just press a button and it stops? Okay. So, if you keep a dog on a short leash and you're walking them and you just give them these little, little corrections the whole way, it's much more pleasant than if you just let the leash go and the dog's running full tilt and all of a sudden, bam, it gets to the end of the leash. And the, dog, and the dog's like flipped upside down and nearly cracked its neck because the leash was long. And what I've asked God in my life, especially being a pastor, is God, keep a short leash with me. Give me those small corrections along the way so I don't have to have a long leash and then have a sore neck at the end of the day. Um, and that's, in a sense, what this is. This is like, hey, this is a self-reflective prayer. So we're going to do that together. Um, I'm going to ask you to be courageous this morning. We can have the band come up, and uh, we're going to close. Uh, but here, let me, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let's just be real for a second. Honest. How many of you, does this, this, this prayer intimidate you? Raise your hand. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared. When I say this verse, or when I say this prayer, I'm just being transparent with you, but you don't need to be afraid because God will show you things, and, he, and his way of doing it is loving, is gentle. And I'm going to be courageous this morning. I'm going to pray this prayer with you. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to bow our heads and we'll close our eyes. And I'm going to say this prayer. 
And like we do before, I just want to encourage you to say this prayer out loud, and, and, and if you feel like you're not ready for it, that's okay as well, but I'm just going to say this prayer out loud, and if you want to say it aloud too, um, go for it. But we're going to say this prayer um, as we pray. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much for the way that you're challenging us in these dangerous prayers. And, and Lord, I, I just know for me, I get really apprehensive when I, when I get ready to say this prayer authentically because I always know there's some way that I need to grow. There's some way that I need to get better. And some of them I'm aware of and some of them I have no clue. Um, but Lord, I just want to be courageous this morning and, and for any of the others out here who are feeling led to pray this prayer, we just want to say this out loud together just like King David did in Psalms 139. Lord, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Lead me in the way of everlasting. Heavenly Father, we, we, we pray that prayer. We mean it from our hearts. Lord, we know that you're a gentle father who loves us and wants to bless us. And help us not to be afraid. Help us not to fear growth because with it comes blessing. And if you're near this morning and, and you want you the best version of you and, you and you said that prayer this morning and you just need the prayer and protection and assurance right now, you just, you know what? Be courageous without anybody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. If this verse hits you and you said that prayer, this morning. Raise your hand so I can pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. Good. A lot of hands. God bless you. God bless you. I'm raising my hand too. So Lord, would you help us? Lord, help us to, uh, to be courageous, to be bold. And Lord, as a result, that we would just have awesome relationships with you. Lord, we thank you for this morning. And um, continue to pray. If you are far from God, you feel like, man, I don't have, I don't have a relationship. I haven't started that yet. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really... Maybe a long time ago, you, you said a prayer, invite him in, but maybe you've gotten off track or you haven't said it at all. I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to ask God into your heart, into your life, so that he can heal you, that he can give you a sense of purpose and hope, that he can transform your life. And, and it's a real simple prayer. It's a different kind of prayer than we just one we just prayed. And basically, you're just asking God in, but you have to be authentic and you got to be real. And, and these are the words you say. And if everybody could say it so nobody feels left out, you just say, you say this. And you talk to God like you're talking, that I'm talking to you right now. You say, you say, Jesus, oh, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me on the cross. But not only did you die, Jesus, you rose from the dead and you conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come in my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name. Without looking around, eyes closed, heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer, you meant it from your heart, either as a rededication or giving your heart to Jesus for the first time, would you be courageous? Would you raise your hand so I can thank God for you? Anybody out there?
Awesome. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here. And we, we praise you and we thank you. We know that you're a good God and we trust you with our lives. And we trust you with this church. We trust you with our family. Uh, we trust you with all that we have. It all belongs to you. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. I keep swinging for the fences. It's like this heart is defenseless. Against a passion that's pumping through my veins.
Love.